Across America and around the world, famous vintners and favorite destinations. We share the stories behind the wines. Welcome to Vintage, hosted by the voice of wine, Brian Bushlack. on the wine trails of Oregon in this episode back to Southern Oregon for a visit to Danson Vineyards. What a ride it's been for Dan and Cindy Marka, the Dan and Sin in Danson. Great people, a gorgeous hillside setting just down the road from historic Jacksonville, and a decade of hard work has put them on the map as one of the bucket list destinations in all of Southern Oregon. You know, it's been a couple years since my last trip, and in that time, Dan and Cindy have continued to raise the bar for their award-winning wines, their amazing cuisine, and this property. It just gets better and better in this region that encompasses everything that Oregon has to offer. So I asked Dan to put Southern Oregon into words for us. I would describe it as having many different wines for many different people. We have so many different areas in which to grow different varieties. We have areas that are similar to the high desert. We have areas that are similar to a typical west-facing growing region. And then we have the area where we're located, which is on a northeast-facing slope, high elevation, shade at 5.30, 6 o'clock at night, and perfect for cool climate varieties like Pinot Noir. And that all by itself is very unique in Southern Oregon, isn't it? Well, it's very unique in that you never really get tired of tasting wine. You have so many different options, so many different varieties, so many different producers, and all within a reasonable proximity of one another. I think that's really what makes it so special. I mean, you can literally get from Pinot Noir to a Cabernet, a state-grown award-winning in 20 minutes. Yeah, it is a very diverse region, but it's also a very small region in worldwide wine terms. And for again, for people who are familiar with Oregon and they think rain, they think, okay, Willamette Valley, and they think, you know, it's hard to grow certain varietals. Absolutely not the case in Southern Oregon. It's completely different, isn't it? It's completely different. You know, we have warm days, cool nights. We have very wide diurnal swings. So we're able to ripen. We're able to get wonderful flavors. We're able to retain acid overnight. I mean, we can hit 90, 92, 95 and still be in the 50s or low 60s overnight. It's just, it's great. Great sleeping weather, great uh, visiting weather, and not a lot of rain in the summertime. You know, we've been doing this show for gosh, 15 years now. I remember very early on traveling to Southern Oregon, thanks to our friend Joe Dobbs, who said, you got to get down to Southern Oregon and see what's happening down there. It's pretty exciting to see what's going on. And, you know, you've been at the forefront of the industry in Southern Oregon. Talk about that growth, because I know maybe 10 years ago or more, if, if you went on the road or you told people, you know, what was going on, it's changed a lot, obviously, right? It has definitely changed a lot. Uh, we've been around since 1999 is when we uh, initially moved to the Valley, and uh, we started dancing in 2008. So in the 10 years since we've been around, there have been many new wineries that have opened, lots of new plantings, 
and just some amazing wines being produced in this area. Additionally, we are in the process of launching uh, a new branding for Rogue Valley Wine through the Rogue Valley Vintners, and uh, there are some exciting things ahead. Yeah, there sure are. All of Southern Oregon, uh, I mean, as a native Oregonian, I'm obviously a little biased here, but, you know, love this region and have been telling people about it for for so long now. Um, Wine or whatever other activities you have, there's so much to do there as well. And I mean, that's what I think really helps the region and helps the wineries, right, is that, you know, this is a recreation paradise, isn't it? It is a total unique recreation paradise. I mean, you have the ability to see an amazing play at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland. You can take in a, a great lunch, come on over to Danson, and in the evening, perhaps take on uh, a show, see Smokey Robinson or see Pat Benatar, Little River Band, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, you have so many different options, and you can do that all in one day. And then if you want to head up to Crater Lake and just take in that view or do a little bit of fishing on the Rogue, There are so many things to do. And again, it's all about proximity. I mean, you can do many things within a weekend stay. And again, to set the scene in the Medford area and Jacksonville, where you're located, uh, Jacksonville, this historic Oregon city, this mining town. And I know you're just down the road from there and uh, you really have this unique location, don't you? We do. We're just about a mile out of the downtown core. uh, And that downtown core features some amazing restaurants, many different types of restaurants. You have many inns and different shops and and literally within walking distance. I mean, you can come in, stay at a B&B, check out the wineries in town, come on out to Danson and just spend an afternoon and just be treated like royalty. And as you're listening to this podcast, you can follow along at Danson.com, D-A-N-C-I-N.com, and you can see what Dan is describing here a beautiful website and follow along with us on these tabs. I think what's great about your location is the fact that you're so close to so many activities. And yet when you arrive and you drive through your vineyards and up the, up the driveway, you really feel like you're in a totally different world, don't you? You really do. And I really do. Frankly, Uh, I was just mentioning to my wife, Cindy, you know, as soon as I come through the gate and I'm driving past about 1800 feet of vines and then I approach the tasting room, it is like a completely different world. It's almost like peace comes over you. And uh, even though I'm working here and I'm serving here, I enjoy it. I'm thankful for it. I'm blessed to be here. And I want you to talk about what's different not only we'll get to the wines in a minute that's what this show is all about but you take so much pride in presentation and experience and in my mind that's what sets dancing apart from an experience is that you go above and beyond for people who visit right we really do uh the guest experience is paramount for us this is about authentic hospitality you drive up you park and then you walk up a ramp into the estate, you're greeted by a host, we show you to a table, or you can choose to just be at the bar and have that experience as well. Or you can do both. We have many people that start at the bar and then choose to get a table. And at the table, you can do a a seated tasting experience from a variety of three. We're willing to to change things up if if you request that. 
then you might take uh, take in a little bit of a meal, uh, a meal consisting of some amazing stuffed mushrooms or a locally sourced salad or, or perhaps a, a fresh wood-fired artisan pizza or maybe some homemade vanilla bean ice cream in a semifreddo or an affogato as they're called. It's up to you. You can come for a tasting. You could stay for a little bit of food. But it's all about just drinking in the views and just enjoying some time away. I want our audience to know that I actually have had this experience, so I know how amazing it is. And, you know, those the mushrooms you talked about, uh, this beet salad, and, of course, all the menus are on the website. And, you know, it, it does lend itself to spending more time at the winery, right? And you've got very distinctive options to where you enjoy that experience, right? Absolutely. So we have seven different areas, uh, seven different seating areas where you can come out. So, you know, one for every day of the week, literally come on out, decide on where you want to be. We get you seated. And then we offer different specials throughout the week. We offer up to 15 different pinots, all very distinctive. You know, it's interesting to taste through these different uh, varieties within the variety. It's very interesting. We also do Italians. We do Barbera and Sangiovese. We do Zinfandel and Syrah. We have a port. So um, there's lots to enjoy here at Danson. Yeah, and you can, uh, on the website, Danson.com, plan your visit where you'd like to sit. One other thing that's cool, too, is, you know, for so many of us with families, the ability to bring your kids along, that's very important for a lot of people, isn't it? It is. People enjoy coming out with their children, and we are kid-friendly, family-friendly. We have a koi pond. The kids love to feed the koi. We have chickens, and they, they head out to the chickens and check them out as well. And it's just a lot of fun, and it's great to, to see families out there just enjoying themselves. I had a, a dad and, and a little boy in the vineyard, and I, I, I just I needed to take a picture. They they were in the midst of the vineyard, and I just thought, this kid, this is a future farmer of America. I mean, just enjoyed, <laughs> just, just an amazing smiling face and a really proud dad. And it's just, you know, magic moments are, are experienced every day here. No doubt about that. Dan, let's shift gears now and virtual tasting segment here. Obviously, I've had the opportunity to taste your wines, but there's a lot to talk about here. And I want to spend time on this because uh, you've picked up some huge awards of late. I know Sunset Magazine, uh, San Francisco as well. Uh, Let's start with that and talk about, I mean, this recent competition in San Francisco with 4,200 wines and 31 countries and your Pinot Noir comes out number one. Congratulations. Well, thank you. We are absolutely uh, over the moon blessed to to have that award. Uh, it was the 2016 Ecarte Pinot Noir. It's all pomard, so we do a lot of single clone expressions of Pinot, kind of made the same way, mostly native yeast, uh, really to try to accentuate uh, a sense of place. We try to keep our fingerprints off the wines and let the the fruit shine. But uh, as you said, 4,300 wines were entered uh, from 31 countries. This particular wine got 95 points uh, and the best Pinot Noir and a double gold as well. And just dark fruit, pretty amazing wine. Uh, Additionally, we had our 2016 Septet from the same competition received a double gold, 97 points. And it's basically a taste of the vineyard. It's all seven clones that we grow on the estate. So it's literally our Pinot Noir vineyard in a glass. Congratulations on those awards. Well-deserved. And and talk about Pinot Noir from Southern Oregon. Obviously, 
what you're doing in San Francisco, and I know other publications will talk about uh, Sunset Magazine in just a second, but you know, you get these kind of accolades and as we like to say, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and, and in Southern Oregon, this not only it's already a legitimate wine region, but when you go out to San Francisco and I mean, you hang that up on people, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. We are, again, very, very thankful for these awards, and we work very hard and and hope to just, um, you know, present the best that we can present from our vineyard and other vineyards, uh, vineyard sources, and we we keep it simple here at Danson. Again, it's about sourcing the best barrels and just allowing the fruit to shine. I really think that's what this is about. Our pinots are typically light, typically elegant, typically pretty, but we do have some with a little bit of body, a little bit of darkness as well. When I say darkness, I'm talking dark fruit. And we have pinots from all sides, all ends of the spectrum. And a testament to where you're at and the winery and the awards is you've been invited back to the International Pinot Noir Celebration this summer at your second visit. And I know you've got to be really excited about the opportunity to return uh, this time around with awards in hand. And really, what's it been, three or four years? I mean, really some growth, not only personally, but for the winery, right? That was an amazing invitation. We were extremely honored to be able to have the opportunity to go back. We were first at IPNC in 2015, and uh, we're back in July of 2019. Actually, I'll tell you how how important it was for us. We actually had a uh, an, an offer, an invitation to head to Portugal for cork harvest, and uh, we uh, we decided instead to go to IPNC and be able to share our wines with. Uh, with the enthusiasts there in uh, in the beautiful town of McMinnville at Linfield College. Yeah, you talk about national exposure for the San Francisco event. You get international exposure at that event. And I know that, uh, again, you have to be, I know you're very modest, again, but really have to be looking forward to uh, the people that you can meet and, and share these wines with, right? That's really what IPNC is about. It's an amazing stage. 70 to 75 wineries are invited from around the world. And we're just honored to be a part of it. But I mean, the way that event is run, it, it's, it's second to none. It's so professionally done. We are given the opportunity as a winery on one of the days that we're not pouring to be able to sample other wines. We're encouraged to, to share with, our, with the guests that are there. It's just really an amazing experience, and we are so very much looking forward to a a second appearance. Well, Dan, uh, the testament to the hard work and uh, the success you've now achieved with these Pinot Noirs and so many different varietals and so much to choose from, and yet you are also making uh, award-winning Barbera. Right. And I mean, you know, from Oregon, right? I mean, this is uh, this is very unique, isn't it? Well, Barbera has been our our dream. We've, we've always wanted to make Barbera. We actually wanted to plant Barbera here. But the particular site that we've been real blessed to have uh, is not conducive. We just don't have the heat units here to ripen Barbera. But we uh, we have partnered with an amazing grower just literally five miles away. He has a south-facing slope, full sun till very late into the evening, and he can ripen Barbera and and Sangiovese and Zinfandel. 
he's a meticulous farmer and uh, we've been making Barbera with with that fruit since 2014 and been very happy with the results. Uh, we just uh, received an email this morning that our 2017 tribute Barbera, which is a tribute to our Southern Italian heritage and, and, and a trip that I took with my family back, oh, probably four and a half decades ago now, which was also the inspiration for this tasting room that we have and the layout of it and, and just the vibe here. But the tribute we just found out we've got a gold medal and best of class in the Sunset International Wine Competition. Congratulations on that. I wanted you to point that out because for me, that's what's remarkable when you, for instance, you're on the website, which is beautiful, by the way, and you click on shop and then the drop down menu as follows Chardonnay, okay, Oregon, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, okay, Oregon, Pinot Noir, and then boom, Barbera, Syrah. Zinfandel, Sangiovese, Port, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and again, not only to offer those wines, but to do them at an award-winning level. I know you're modest, but that has to feel pretty special. It feels very special, and it's even more special to be able to drink that wine and, and, and enjoy it with a nice lasagna or a nice steak. We set out to make the Italians. We uh, we talked to a lot of different people about, you know, what, what oak to use, what should we do? And, and, and a lot of the feedback was, look, it's not a big deal. Keep it simple. Use this oak or that oak. Don't really get too uh, down into the weeds with this particular wine. And, and, and we decided instead to use the same oak, three or air dried, very tight grain French oak for our Barbera and literally the rest of the, the winemaking program. And, we have been honored. Uh, you know, we, again, it's all about letting the fruit shine. You know, our oak program is a spice rack. It is not the main course. It's all about the fruit and about the wine that's made from that fruit. And we are seeing some great results and happy faces as they enjoy these products. Well, I bet you are. And talk about your rosé, too. Well, you know, we've seen the rise of rosé the last couple of years, and it's uh, kind of the wine that's in right now. I hate to say that, but it really is. People are loving their rosé, and I know you've got a beautiful one there as well. Well, thank you. We, uh, we've we been looking at making rosé for, for a few years. We should call it Cindy's Rosé because this has been a, a project of Cindy's for the last few years. She's really wanted to do it. And in 2018, we, we decided to, to do it with the best fruit we have. It's a, a blend of Dijon 777 and Pomard. And it's totally dry, and we just put it out on Mother's Day uh, for its official release date. And literally, 25 to 30 percent of the production has already been sold. And I see a lot of uh, a lot of our guests just really enjoying rosé, even though it's not on a tasting flight. I see it being substituted for one of the other whites or one of the other reds. People are really enjoying rosé. Why do you think that is, Dan? I think it's a lot of reasons. I think it's uh, people people taste with their eyes many times. So we see this beautiful color. We have a label with a with a ballerina and the wine dress, and the wine dress is matching the color palette of the wine. I think people want something that's chilled, especially as we approach the summer months or in the summer months. And I see people wanting dry more so than than something that's a little off dry. And that has some nice fruit, but it's not, but it's not overly fruity. So I think that um, I think this is what people, at least our, the guests that are visiting us, are looking for, and we're happy to present it. 
Next up, tell us about your Chardonnay. And, you know, Southern Oregon sits, you know, right there, smack dab between San Francisco and then, you know, the Willamette Valley. And, you know, so Chardonnay in Oregon is getting a lot of great publicity. And there's still a lot of people out there, though, who love more of an oaky Chardonnay. What's yours like? We make our Chardonnay, we age it, uh, we ferment it and age it in French oak. We do a little bit in stainless. We also have another Chardonnay called the Allonge. Allonge is a ballet formation where they're in uh, the shape of an elongated circle, sort of like the egg, which is why it's named that, and it comes out of a French concrete egg. And so, you know, we, we kind of run the gamut, basically. We don't, you, you won't find any butter or, or the essence of butter in any of our Chardonnays but you'll find a creaminess in some of them. Some of them will be richer than others because they're grown in different places. We have a Chardonnay that we, uh, that we make with fruit that's sourced from a, a great vineyard in talent, gets just full sun. It got a double gold actually at the San Francisco Chronicle uh, wine competition. Very, very popular. And then we, we make uh, a Chardonnay from a beautiful vineyard in Dundee Hills uh, where we've been uh, working with together since 2010. You know, that's going to be very light very uh, just really great on the acid and then everything in between you'll find wines with great acidity from the estate and and from different places using different clones our lightest and most elegant chardonnay is called a passe it's made exclusively with the espaguette 352 clone and and the, the word i hear back the descriptors i hear back besides delicious and yum are you know this is like a light lemon curd and and for our non-chardonnay drinkers our abcers that's the wine that we um, that we give a taste of, and typically they are they're sold. It's almost Sauvignon Blancish. So we have just a great selection of Chardonnay. There's uh, six on the menu right now, from a total of nine that have been made. And that's the Passe. That's the Passe. The, the Passe is the lightest and prettiest of the bunch, the most elegant, and then the um, the 2017 Melange is going to be the biggest and creamiest of the of the lot that we have for this particular vintage. Well, you're making some amazing wines. I think what's really, for me personally, to have gotten to know you over the past, you know, 10 or so years and to see the growth not only in the Southern Oregon industry, but for your winery, it's pretty special. And, and the work that you've put into this, I know it's seven days a week. It's it's your passion, right? So it's also work. But, I mean, do you ever stop and just enjoy a glass of wine yourself and say, you know, wow, we've come a long way. Cindy and I do our best to take some time away to do that. And we've actually, in the last couple of months, been able to head down to the tasting room, sit on a, at a table on the patio and just take in the sunset and have a glass of wine and just be thankful and uh, be grateful for this amazing journey called dancing. Oh, it has been an amazing journey. That's Dan Marka, who, along with his wife, Cindy, owns Danson Vineyards. And if you're not already there, their website is danson.com, D-A-N-C-I-N.com. By the way, if you'd like to join Dan and Cindy at the International Pinot Noir Celebration coming up in late July, we just checked they still have a handful of of the full weekend tickets left at IPNC.org. More from Southern Oregon on our next download. We'll head to the Umpqua Valley next. 
and then a trip to Napa coming up on Vintage. Thank you for downloading Vintage, hosted by the voice of wine, Brian Bushlack. Vintage is a presentation of Feedback Media. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Thank you.